Welcome back, everybody, to Prescribing Truth. I'm Jamal Benny, the one who seeks to distribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today. Today's episode is going to be talking about what is your witness like? What is it like? What are we talking about witness? Are we talking about Jehovah's Witnesses? No, not talking about Jehovah's Witnesses. We're talking about your witness of Christ in your life. So this episode is dedicated to Christians. To my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who um, go about their walk, the day-to-day basis, and may deal with things and so on and so forth. And people are your audience. What do they see? What do they see? Do they see Christ or do they see something else? That's what I want to talk about today. What does the Bible tell us as Christians? That we are to be a light, a light in the world that we're supposed to bear certain types of fruit, right? There should be a distinction between us and the world. There should be how we carry ourselves, what we find good versus what the world sees as good. Um, There's a scripture in the Old Testament that talks about how it says, woe to those who call evil good and those who call good evil. And I think that sometimes that to me sums up what it looks like to be a Christian versus someone else in the world. Because a Christian sees things in the world that are evil, yet the world calls it good and vice versa. But why is that? Because there's a standard. There's a standard that we go by. And where do we get that standard from? It's the word of God, the Bible. God has revealed to us everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness godliness through his word giving us everything we need so the bible is a standard but do we live that standard do we do we carry out that standard day to day or is it just when we're around certain people when you're around your church members when you're around uh family or when you're around certain friends but then there are a certain group of people that you kind of let your hair down, so to speak. You kind of just let it all hang out and the real you shows up. Is that the case? Does that happen for you? We want to talk about that. I remember talking to a brother, he's single and he was trying to date a woman and they fell. My concern was twofold. My concern was one, that my, my brother here, who claims to be a Christian, fell, fell in sexual sin. My other concern was that the person that he's dating, not a believer, and that that taints a witness. It does. I too was in the same boat. I mean, I was the same way. I thought about this a long time ago, even just myself. Me and my wife, before we got together, well, before we got to, before we got married, I'm a believer, not knowing where she is in, in her walk or where her life and stuff like that. But she knew I was a Christian, you know, uh, at the time. I mean, I, I don't like to make excuses for the type of church I was in at, at the time. I do believe the Lord saved me. I was saved at this time. Uh, but as some of us do, we fall when I fail. Fell with her. And what I was convicted by 
was that, man, not only am I sinning, but I'm putting a stumbling block before her. And I'm also tainting the witness of Christ. I'm showing that I'm, I'm actively showing that this walk isn't one of active obedience, but that, Hey, you kind of pick and choose what you do. And that's not the case. That's a lie. And that's what the, that's what the Lord convicted me of that. I was tainting his witness. It, God calls us to be holy, set apart from the world. Why? Because he is holy. God is holy. And look at what, what, what does first John tell us about our God, that he is light and in him is no darkness at all, at all. Where is that in our lives? Do we see a pattern of darkness there? Why? I love how the scripture calls us as Christians to make our calling and election sure. Make our calling and election sure. So therefore we can't be complacent and be too comfortable in sin. We can't, that's not the place for, of a believer. A believer hates their sin, loathes themselves for their sin, desires, seeks for, runs to Christ and righteousness. What does that look like in your everyday life? That convicted me. I remember having to go to my now wife, go to her and repent. I, I asked her to forgive me because I was, I was ultimately putting the stumbling block before her and I wasn't loving her. I wasn't love. Love wouldn't love. The Bible says love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. That's what, that's what love does. I had to repent, turn to the Lord, trust Christ. But even then, let's think about at work. I mean, that's, that's, that's an example. That's me being transparent with you guys. But let's think about at work. How is it when you're at work? Coworkers, do they know you're a Christian? Can they tell that you're a Christian? Not just by what you say, but also the things that you deem appropriate. How you carry yourself when things may not go right, when there's frustrations. How's your witness? I was talking to a brother of mine um, the other night and, we was, and I was talking, I was thinking about like how sometimes we forget to look at the bigger picture when we deal with certain things, certain frustrations that come on my, over our lives. We forget to look at the bigger picture. How can this situation bring forth the glory of Christ? How can I share Christ with others in the midst of this frustration that I may be dealing with? Cause we know they're going to come, right? The Bible says that trials will come. There'll be temptations that'll come and all of these things will come. But how do you handle them? How do you handle them? Do we look at the bigger picture? Do we fail to see and realize that these opportunities do show up sometimes to show forth the glory of God? Oftentimes for our good, for our good, to let us know that there's still yet some things in us that we need to come to the Lord about. And that's for growth, right? And that's the grace of God. That's, that's God's grace in our lives. You know, but it also sometimes is for a witness of other people to see, okay, what is it, what is it like for the life of a Christian? Cause in this, in our culture, there's this, there's this false, hood of uh, concerning Christ and Christians 
that Christians are perfect, that they deem themselves to be perfect in every way, that there's no wrong, no sin at all. And I know that maybe some who may watch this who practice, preach sinless perfection. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say that first <laughs> John deals with that wholeheartedly, but for the culture that sees this, this false idea that Christians are perfect in themselves. Yet when they, when someone sees you in a fault, what do we do? Do we make justifications for our sin? Do we make excuses for our sin? Do we kind of just don't say anything at all? You know, just kind of like, oh, well, or, or, or do we just hide behind the, the, the idea that we're not perfect? That's what we do. So we go in the world and we sin. Say, for instance, we get so angry when we cuss somebody out. You that just happens. I don't know. I don't know why you would cuss somebody out. But say if you got that angry. Let's let's not go that extreme. Say if you didn't cuss them out. Say you just got so angry. It was shown. You had frustration. You was angry. You had an attitude towards a person and so on and so forth. You know, and the world sees that. Someone sees that. Witnesses that of you. Well, at that moment, you know you're not showing the love of Christ, right? No, you're not. But at that moment, do you just say, well, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. So that, you know, whatever, I'm not perfect. Or do you say, well, that person shouldn't have did this. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to do this, but this person did this. Or, you know, well, I think that's about it. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So what do you do? What do you do in those situations? No. Why can't, why can't we take a moment of weakness, a moment of weakness and see that as an opportunity to show forth the love of Christ, even in our own flaws. See, we're talking about witness. Keep in mind, we're talking about our witness, our witness of Christ, because this is not about ourselves. It's not about us. You're not the standard for Christ. You're not the standard for what a Christian is. The Bible is. And all because someone may see a snapshot of your life doesn't mean that's the, that's the a video portion of your life. That doesn't mean that that's all of your life or all of what your life entails, but it shows that you're weak. That's what it shows. And that, and that shouldn't make a Christian feel, Oh, I'm weak. And therefore I'm just nothing like, no, what the Bible says in our weakness, he's made strong because we know who we go to. We know where our strength comes from. So what do we do in a situation where the world sees us in our weakness? Why can't we proclaim to the world the gospel and how the gospel even affects us? Yo, I'm sorry, man, I, I, I sinned, you know, I lashed out, this was wrong, you know, and I'm a sinner, but this is the, this is the issue with all of mankind that we're in sin, that we, that we are dead in sin. And the only way we can be made alive is in Christ. And he gave the promise that not because of ourselves, but because of himself, because of his dying on the cross, that we can have everlasting life if we put our trust in him and turn from our sins. You know what I'm saying? Like, why can't we proclaim that? Why can't we stand on that as our witness? But we shy away from it. We shy away from it. Now, as all things, this should not be, and if, you, and if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, it should not be 
that you take this as an opportunity to say, oh, well, I can just sin and then proclaim to the unbelievers how I can do this and yet go to Christ. Like, I can't stand when people make that that foolish assumption that, oh, you're just saying you can just go and do what you want to do. You're not really a Christian then (laughs) because a Christian still bears fruit, bear fruit. Love, joy, patience, long-suffering, temperance, self-control. So if a Christian is not showing self-control, well, they should not be living a life practicing that. They should be turning from their lack of self-control and looking to Christ and that the Spirit of God helps them and grows them to renounce their ungodliness. That's Titus, renounce their ungodliness and love righteousness. That's what... That's what the spirit does in us because we're no longer our own. If you're in Christ, you're no longer your own. You are bought with the price. You don't belong to yourself. You don't live to yourself no more. So what do we do? We, we should, we should, we should find ways to still proclaim Christ. And it's humbling, man. Like you, you, you mess around and sin in front of an unbeliever at work, in a, in the park or wherever your case may be, and it's humbling. You feel you feel like man, and and especially if they know you're a Christian, especially if they know that you claim to be a Christian. Oh yeah, it should rock you. It should rock you something serious, and it does, and it will. And you sitting there like man, what I'm gonna do? Dang. Like, no, don't, don't feel that way. Don't look at it that way. Look at it as opportunity to show forth Christ because it's not about you. I remember um, at my job, just being transparent again with you guys at my job, there was a guy that I was sharing Christ with witnessing to for months, for months, for months, y'all having Bible studies with and everything else. One day he came to visit me at my job while I was having a bad day. I mean, I was frustrated about my work, frustrated about what's going on and everything. And I mean, he came to me, he's like, what's up, Jamal, and everything. And I'm like, what's up, man? And I mean, he just got me on a day. I'm just complaining, I'm complaining, I'm complaining. And I was just talking to him about how sovereign God is and how things happen in our lives because he, you know what the Bible says, all things work for our good, for those who are accorded, those who love him and love God and who are, um, who are called according to his purpose. I'm just sharing that with him not too long before that. And here I am complaining about my life, complaining about the job, complaining about how I got to go in here, do this and do that. And I was just talking to him about how as Christians, we should be willing to serve other people and, you know, and love others. And here I am complaining about having to serve my fellow neighbors at my job, doing extra work that I feel like I shouldn't have to do and everything else. Here I am complaining, complaining. (laughs) (laughs) coming off as if I don't believe what I was saying myself, what I was trying to tell him is the truth. Here I am not acting as if I believe it myself. And I remember we had a conversation. We was talking about that. He, and I love this brother because he, we talked about it. He brought it to my attention. He's like, well, then you, he like, didn't you say, didn't you say that, you know, like, you know, these things happen for a reason. And that was his word of it. You know, it's happened for a reason, you know. And that's like that right there set me. Like I'm sitting there like, what is my witness like right now? What is it showing right now? 
as one who claims to be a Christian, one who claims to follow Christ, to love Christ, to love God, and, and to love just the, you know, the way that God has my life, and everything else. What am I showing right now? I'm complaining. And think about this. When we complain, what are we really doing? We're showing our anger and our frustration against God. I mean, you can say it's about your work and everything else, but see, if God is sovereign, then it's really God you're complaining about because he's the one who's ordering his steps. He's the one who has the hearts of kings in his hands and he turns on whichever way he wills. He's the one. So when we complain, it's really against him. And here I am talking to this guy about God's sovereignty and everything else, showing him in scriptures how God is sovereign and everything else. And he's like, whoa, you said God is sovereign. And you're like, you know what, bro? You're right, man. You're right, man. Man, forgive me, man. This, forgive me. Ultimately, my sin is against God, man. But forgive me, bro, that that I'm not being a good witness to you right now who, who the Lord is, who Christ is, and what he means to the us, what he means to us. You know, it was humbling. It was truly humbling, you know, but this is why it's important. We should think about this. We should think about this when we go about our everyday steps, when, even when things don't go right. Cause we talk about, I know when we have this conversation about our witness, we think about, oh, it's always going to be good. And we need to make sure it's always good. But man, we're human. There are going to be times where you're going to fall. And how do you deal with it then? Because that, that entails your witness too. As a Christian, our witness is not just when we do things well, it's also when we do things bad. That's our witness too. How do we deal with our sin? How do we deal not only when people sin against us, but when we sin against other people? How do we deal with it? That's our witness too. It matters. It matters, y'all. So I'm going to take a break here. Support Prescribed Truth by joining me on Patreon. For only a dollar a month, you receive access to Patreon-only content, receive discounts on merchandise, take part in the Discord, Hangouts, and more. Those who sign on at the $5 tier will receive a prescribed truth mug. Thank you in advance for your support. Join today at www.patreon.com forward slash prescribed truth. And I'd like to go ahead and just thank my Patreon supporters now. Thank you for what you already contribute. Just really do appreciate you guys. Um, this show, Cannot go on without you. Really do thank you. Really do thank you. So in conclusion, let's not only think about our witness as in when we do things well, but then we do things wrong too. As Shannon said on the uh, chat, don't, you know, don't count it robbery. Don't count it to be shameful to take the humble route and repent to unbelievers. We should. We should, that's our witness. Even this, I'm thinking about even when I sin in front of my kids, when I sin against my child, repenting to my child. And that is such countercultural from where I, how I grew up. I mean, I, I would be sitting and waiting for like pigs to fly if I'm ever gonna hear my father come and repent to me when I was a young child, like when I was like six, seven years old, he was, I, I'm, I would be holding my breath, waiting for him to come and say, son, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have did that because that's just how it was. You know, your parents, they didn't, you know, especially if they, if they are Christian, they're not thinking about, okay, I need to 
make this right with my child. You know, they's like, hey, I'm the adult, you're the child, I'm the parent, you're the child, you know, I feel like I don't have to do that. But one thing I learned, man, is that it's such it's such benefits. It, I mean, there, there are such benefits in repenting in front of my child, repenting to my child when I've done wrong, when he's seen me do wrong. Such benefit. I want him to know, I want him to know that being a Christian is not about being perfect, but it's about the one who is perfect, Christ. That, that he is where I draw strength from. He is my help. He is my savior, my fortress. That's who God is in our lives. And I want him to know that, that salvation is not in myself, but it's only in Christ. But the feeling towards my sin is different than how it was when I was in the world. I love my sin. Now I hate my sin, despise my sin. And I want my son to see daddy, daddy despises his sin. I want him to see that daddy hates his sin. I want him to see that. I want him to know that. That's my witness in my home, to my children, to my wife, to my neighbors, to my coworkers. That's what I want. That's what I want. Thank you, Shannon. Shannon on, on the um, chat said, when talking about our witness, we often forget about our kids. They see everything. Amen. Amen. They see it all. They see it all. They see it all. And so, yes, we should definitely approach our children. Don't feel ashamed about that. They, what are we trying to do? What, what are we supposed to do as parents, especially fathers? We're supposed to train our children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. How can we do that if we if our children have this perception of us that we're perfect? Oh, daddy's perfect. He never had no problems. He never had to apologize for nothing. You know, he always did the right thing. But no, daddy hasn't done all the does always done the right thing. As a matter of fact, I think that also can provoke our children to anger if we don't come to them and apologize and we don't come and repent. Provoke them to anger because they grow up thinking and saying what I've heard other people say who are um, children of professed Christians. And they'll say, well, my, man, my parents are hypocritical. They, you know, they will say this. They talk about Jesus and all that but while sitting there, cuss out the mailman. You know, and so they see that. They see your witness. But it provokes them to anger. It provokes them to anger. Yes, does it make them feel like they don't want to come to church as much? Oh, yes, of course. That happens. But it does provoke them to anger. They say, they, they, you hear you are trying to tell me what I should do, but while you're doing the complete opposite of what you're telling me I should do. <laughs> Hypocritical. And our kids see it. They see it. I remember talking to a coworker of mine. I know it seems like I have a conversation with my coworkers a lot, huh? Um, not as much as I should, though. But we was talking to a coworker of mine, and she was talking about how her and her daughter, her daughter is a teenager. I think she's 17 now, her daughter. And she was saying how, you know, they got into this big argument and everything, and she just don't know what to do with her. Like, I just don't know what to do with her and all that kind of stuff like that. Now, this coworker, she's not a Christian. And so I share the gospel with her. I talked to her about the gospel. I share Christ with her, you know, called her to repentance. Like, yes, we're talking about her daughter right now, but there's fault in the mother too. And so I was like, hey, repent, turn to the Lord. Not just repent of this issue with your daughter, but just sin, of your sin. Turn to the Lord. Trust him. You know, 
and then go to your daughter and apologize to your daughter. You're like, apologize? Apologize? Like, what, what, she did what she did, that she did that? I said, look, your daughter may not apologize for what she did, but you show the example. You lead. You're your mother. You're the mother. Show the example. Lead by example. Go apologize to her. Apologize to her for how you was acting, how you were behaving, you know? Trust Christ. If you're saying that you're hearing this gospel message and you believe what's being said, trust Christ. You know, that was, it was like pulling teeth. It's like, mm -mm, I ain't apologizing to her. <laughs> and that, you know, and that's just how a lot of parents are, you know, especially a lot of, uh, what I see a lot of African-American families are like that. Um, you know, well, we shouldn't be that way. It ought not be that way. You know, what is your witness like? Then let's think about that. Let's think about that. As we go about our daily walks, let's show forth Christ. We are light in the world. Let us show forth that light. Let that light be shining towards Christ. Remember, this world is full of errors, but the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings. Prescribe truth, we giving you what the doctor ordered Jamal Bandy, apologist, the Lord's servant We undeserve it, but Christ changed our mind frame In a world full of errors, the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth